Hi, everyone. It's Rebecca. I am very excited today to do an interview with someone I've known for a very long time and has worked with me for over six years. Is that right? Over six years at this point? Yep. So she originally started as a temp on reception. We, we very quickly realized she excelled in what she did. Um, she then moved over to the PR team and would consistently make fun of how inept my executive assistants were. And my brother said, well, if you think you can do a better job, why don't you take it on? And she accepted the challenge and was incredible at it. And then one day said, hey, I'm going to move to Chile, but we're going to keep working together. It sold me on, on the idea. And three years later, that is what we did and it worked. And then has transitioned to lead community and brand partnerships at the Female Founder Collective. And I give you this backstory because I realize that a lot of you right now are graduating, don't know what your next job is going to be, but also how do you excel and get promoted within a job? So I really wanted to talk to Elizabeth today about how you can do that and what skills you need, not only to excel at your job, but how to work from home because she's been doing it for so long. So uh, I'm excited. And Elizabeth, this is going to be so much fun. I know. I'm so excited. So how did you approach work? And I always feel like what set you apart is your willingness to work hard and go above and beyond. But like, where did that, where did that come from for you? I'll say this to everyone who ever asked what my favorite job was and where I learned the most. And that answer will always be being a receptionist. And I'll tell you why. It's because you get to interact with every single person in the office, every department, every level, no matter who it is, you're the first face they see in the morning and the last face they see before they leave. And for some people, when they think of a receptionist, they're like, oh, that's such a boring job. But for me, when I took it, I saw how much potential there was in that position because you get to see this bird's eye view of how an entire company works. And coming straight out of college, to jump right into a company and kind of be in this position to see how things work, how people interact, but also simultaneously get to build this network of not just coworkers, but people that you can build friendships with and learn from and people who become part of your, your support groups, your network, people who kind of are your cheerleaders and want to help you move along and move up and help you all along the way. And I think by having a position like that, while it might be entry level, there's so much value that you can take from it. And it's the best jumping point for kind of getting your, your feet wet and getting to understand like, how does this company work? What can I do to get more involved? How can I move up? And what's it going to take for me to get noticed so that I can continue to not just work for this company, but to add value in the areas that I'm most passionate about. And I think you were never shy about when you were ready to move up voicing that. And I feel like for a lot of people, it can be intimidating. What would you say advice wise you would give so that people can like know how to ask, know how to set their expectations? Like it's not going to take, you know, you can't ask for a position and then tomorrow expect to get it. So a wise woman once told me, no, is just the beginning of yes. <laughs> And that wise woman is Rebecca, but it is a lesson that I have carried with me daily through my entire professional career and also personal, but there, it, it carries so much in just that those few words, you know, 
there's there's something to be said about being afraid of the word no and having the courage to kind of face that word and not just face it, but kind of it relates to the situations we're in right now. It's how do we come out of this and survive, but not just survive, thrive. And when we push ourselves, you know, out of these comfort zones and show this entrepreneurial personality and take risks and speak up, you know, it, it shows people your passion. It shows that you have the the ethic, the work ethic, and also you have the courage to keep pushing and putting yourself out there. So as far as like uh, the youth, I'll, I'll refer to them, whether it's graduates or people starting an entry-level jobs, like how do you showcase that entrepreneurship? Like you've always had like a, your own self-sustaining drive. So before I would ask you to do something, you will have already done it or you, it's, it's on your to-do list. Like how can you t- tell others, I guess, to like get those skills? I think the most important thing is it kind of goes back to why I value being a receptionist so much. It's being well-rounded and skilled in areas other than just what you're interested in. Because when you have a variety of different skills in different areas, that can only help you succeed. And while you might not end up being a part of the sales team or the PR team, having an understanding of those different areas and how it applies to what you're doing or what you could possibly do down the road helps you to kind of showcase that not only are you good at what you do, but you can also potentially one day take on new things, new roles. And I think by expressing this initiative and kind of being 10 steps ahead of not only your higher ups and your boss, but yourself and kind of preparing for what's to come can prepare you to take on new assignments or prepare you to lead in times of chaos and crisis. And when you have such a handful of skills, it's just this multifaceted character that helps in all aspects, no matter what department you end up in. I love that. And I also think that there's obviously asking for what you want within an organization and working with the the stakeholders to make that happen. But then there's doing crazy shit. Like when you're like, by the way, I'm moving to Chile, but I'm still going to work with you. Do you have like, how did you sell that idea in a way that um, obviously I, I said, okay, we'll try it. But like, how can one be good at selling, you know, new initiatives or risk taking things, whether it's a move or, or a new p- position or a new strategy? Do your research and come prepared. Because while I was kind of confident in my ask when I originally came to say, okay, I'm moving X, Y, and Z, I had prepared myself for both responses. One, okay, great, let's give it a try. And two, thanks for letting us know, but you know, it's not going to work. Being prepared for both responses is so important. So on one hand, I had a plan in place for here's the tools we can use. Here's how we'll communicate. Here's, you know, I'll track my hours and here's the projects I'm working on and I'll overly communicating. On the other hand, if you had said, no, I'm so sorry, but thanks for letting us know. I had prepared, you know, the steps to take for someone to take on the role, fill in for me and kind of hand that all over to somebody else. And so I think it's being as knowledgeable as you can about what it is you're asking for and how are you going to make it work? What are going to be the pros, cons? Are there going to be pitfalls and having solutions ahead of time so that there's no unanswered questions because you want to be as educated as 
you personally can, but educated for the other person that you're requesting something of. Totally. Um, I also want to touch on the fact that your role and your, your rise in your career has not never been linear. Like, you know, sometimes you look at someone's resume and it's like sales assistant, account executive, sales director, vice president of sales. Whereas you've gone from receptionist to PR to assistant to not only working on the community and the brand partnerships with FFC, but really, you know, being a founding team member and launching FFC. So what would you say to those people who are like, but I don't have experience or it's not on my resume? It's, it's honestly, it's crazy because so many people say that it's your experience that sets you up for things and that's how you're going to get promoted. But there's so much more that, that goes into it. It's your bosses, your higher ups, the, the people who are going to hopefully give you this promotion or, you know, give you that opportunity. They want to see that you have more than just the experience for that role itself. It's, it's how do you communicate with people above you? I'll never forget. This is how, I guess, passionate and or confident I felt one of my very first days as Rebecca's assistant. I was on an email with a company that we were working with and they asked a question, uh, an opinion actually, of what we thought of some colors. Well, I took it upon myself to respond. And I learned a lot in that moment. But what I learned is that while we might get excited and confident that maybe we personally think we have the experiences needed for these roles, there's so much more that comes with it. You have to be able to be, to differentiate between professional and personal and, you know, when to res- respond to an email, how to respond to an email. Even as you climb the ladder, there's so many kind of different ways that you can continue learning. And I think our experiences are shaping us daily. I think even once you get to the top or wherever it is that you want to be, you'll never have the best experience in the world, but you showed that you were willing, able, and ready to take on that higher position. Yeah, totally. So I want to also touch on working from home because you've done it now. How many years have you worked from home? Four years. Wow. (laughs) Jesus. That is so crazy. I can't believe you've been away that long. I Um, know. So I think for a lot of people, the pandemic and working from home has been a huge struggle um, with how to set up just space, you know, how to work through your day, like I'd love for you to share any tips on working from home or what's worked for you, um, what hasn't worked for you and how after four years, like you're, you're extraordinarily productive, but how do you, how do you keep that going? So the most important thing I can say is there's no such thing, especially right now as over communicating. Um, the one thing that everyone can do is be super transparent and communicate with your team and your higher ups as much as you can, whether it's email updates, you know, updates at the top of the week, everything you're working on, because there needs to be this correspondence so that it feels like you are together. And in that same regard, for me, the hardest part in the beginning was not being in an office and not having people around me. And the one thing I started to do was I would start my day by literally pretending I was going to the office, you know, do things that you would normally do 
when you would prepare to get ready to go into the office and go to work. Like for me, it's waking up and I get dressed and I go take the dog for a walk. I come back, I make coffee and then I start my day. It's like, so that walking my dog is kind of that quote unquote commuting to work. And, you know, I'll take little breaks where I'll get up from the computer, make a coffee, like get water or something. And it's like, there's something about that. I don't know if it's like that mental, like water cooler moment when you're in the kitchen and everyone in the office is in there, but it's just doing these little habits that you're used to doing in the office that make it a little easier to adjust. And by taking these little steps, it becomes a lot easier to become more productive. Um, some people like to listen to music for me, that's super distracting. And then I found another way to kind of keep me, I don't know, in this quote unquote office space mentality. And I keep the, the news on in the background on the TV, because while it's just like a low volume, you hear kind of the hustle and bustle of people in the background. And it kind of makes you feel like you're surrounded by other people. And I know a lot of people struggle as well with, you know, how do I get through all these tasks in the day and I can't stay motivated and it's so easy to, to get distracted. I mean, I personally can't speak to having children at home and trying to work, which is another feat in itself. But I think it's the most important for any situation to make a to-do list at the end of your day, you know, transferring things that you didn't get done that day and prioritizing all of those tasks. Um, in order of importance and deadlines, because it's so easy to, you know, try to take on so much at once. But if you can dissect that list of to do's and, you know, put it into perspective for yourself, for your team, for your job, it makes it much easier to get through the day and knowing, you know, when X, Y, and Z needs to be done. And I would love for you to talk about when you say over communicating, because people might hear that and be like, oh, I, I can barely get through the emails that I have. Um, I know for me, you used to send me like consolidated emails of like, here's a whole list of pending yes, no's. And that made it easier for me to like respond to all urgent things. Do you have other sort of, um, tips in that, in that vein of what's worked? Yeah. So I think there's two lists for, I'm super type A. There's two lists I keep one for myself for things I'm working on and one for kind of top level overview pending. And when I say continue, like over communicate, it's, it's more so in the sense of there's a lot of people in different positions that sometimes you need to be physically together for somebody to sign off on it. Or for example, I would help Rebecca with mood boards at one point. And during that time, some of them needed to be physical, but it was, how can I make it digital. So I started creating digital mood boards and it's finding ways to communicate the things that are sometimes done in person digitally. And there's so many tools that can help to do that. But I think it's, it's making sure that when you are communicating, that it's, it's straightforward. Don't add too much detail. Don't add things that aren't necessarily needed for that person, especially when you need sign off on things. You know, it's, if it's as simple as like, Hey, we have X, Y, and Z being worked on. Can you sign off on and whatever that person needs to sign off on? Because right now, as Rebecca mentioned, it's everyone's inboxes are blowing up. So you want to try to get your point across as quickly as possible. So you don't have this influx of back and forth because it just creates more of a mess. 
And the other thing that's super helpful is within your inbox, creating specific mailboxes for each project and or higher up who you report to. Um, when I was Rebecca's assistant, I had it broken down by her travel, her expenses, her projects, different partnerships we were working on, events, speaking engagements, just to keep everything in their own bubble because it's easier to go back and look things up if you have it organized in a structured way. Uh, I will attest you have everything in an organized and structured <laughs> way, especially with someone who <laughs> yeah, loves technology, but has not embraced it to organize my life. So when I'm at the hospital asking for my insurance card, instead of carrying it, you have a picture of it within one second notice. Yep. So I can attest to that. So one last question, unless there's more that you want to add is, I feel like you not just in every role you've had, you've gone over and above and taken great care, which I think you outlined, you know, how people could do that. But with overseeing brand partnerships and community for the Female Founder Collective, I had the chance to see it firsthand, but at one of our events, like every single person who told you their name, like you didn't phone in a, oh, hey, you were like, oh, how's your dog? And how's your teacher? And what's your, like, you knew everybody. How can people approach that type of care? to their job, not just internally within the organization, but externally to the people they're dealing with. Like what, maybe you're just a caring person, but I think, I think it goes a long way that you, you showed that much care and interest in people that you're working with. So any tips there? I think what I've learned from having this role and, you know, being super involved with the female founder collective community is these women I've, gotten the opportunity to get to know it's it's remarkable how much experience and knowledge and skills that they have in such a variety of different things and they all have something unique to bring to the table and as I was going through in the beginning this onboarding process of you know welcoming welcoming them to the community getting to know to know them I I realized how much value they took from me taking the time to either respond to their email or get on the phone but not to just learn about their company by saying, oh, what's your mission? What do you do? By getting to know them as a person. Because when you're building a community, you want to be able to relate to these people. Yes, of course, because of the industry you're in or maybe skills you share and what you can learn from one another. But at the end of the day, a lot of these women want to connect for reasons other than just work. Maybe it's, yes, I'm a working mom or, you know, I'm an expat living somewhere else, or I work from home and it's lonely and how can I connect? And I think for me is I find value in getting to know these, these members, this community for who they are on so many different levels, but also to, for them to know that this community is a place where people do care. And I think there's a lot especially with what the world's going through right now, the question and just taking that one second to ask somebody how they are or do they need anything or how are you doing handling this? Just like it takes one second to connect with people on a personal level. And I think if it's done appropriately, it resonates, especially in the professional world. And I think it speaks volumes when people take the time to listen and not just listen, but digest what you're saying and remember. Because sometimes we speak and not everybody listens 
or they're listening, but they're not really listening. And to feel appreciated and respected and listened to, it goes a very long way. So I think, you know, the lesson in, in that is taking the time to truly listen, but also taking a minute to just check in with people and see how they're doing. Yep. I've learned that a lot from you because I've noticed that so much about you that I'm always like, ah, fuck, I could do a much better job of that. (laughs) Not that I don't think about it, but like actually doing it, you know? No, it's it's true though, because you never know. Sometimes you get the people that when you say, how are you? And then you're there two hours later and now you know where they were born, what they did, where they're, where they're going. And sometimes it doesn't end up how you want it, but it's a thought that counts. Totally. Well, I'm so glad we did this. I'm so glad that obviously an unfortunate circumstance made it happen though, because I think that like your experience working remote, your experience in moving up, like could apply more right now for the people that were about to start a job or just graduated and were like, what the fuck do I do now? So thank you. you. And I miss you. Miss you. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. 